Hello, and thank you for joining me here on the Dash Podcast. I am your host, Trey Gammage, and I'm excited to keep talking to you about the release of my first book, Every Decision Counts, Eight Lessons I Wish They Taught Me in School. Now, while the book will be officially released on January 1st, 2020, you are able to pre-order Every Decision Counts Now at TreyGamage.com. And we are playing episodes of the inspiration that inspired each chapter of the book with flashback episodes and special guests who are coming in to talk about how the principle of only quality people, failing got me started, making new mistakes is actually still playing out in their life. And here, our focus is chapter two today of Only Quality People. Now, the real story behind Only Quality People is that of a good friend, Joel Dawson, who you will hear from later, but he has an amazing story. A veteran who uh, came home and had some struggles, ended up living homeless for a while. He got back on his feet selling insurance out of a crack motel and worked himself up to being a top 30 speaker in the world and owning his own business that teaches people how to pitch their business to investors. So I'm not going to talk too much more about that because you'll have some other episodes that will highlight Joel Dawson and his story. But now I want you to get into chapter two, Only Quality People. Chapter two, Only Quality People. Growing up isn't all about the materialistic things. It's about the people you surround yourself with and the relationships you form. Social media has made it easy to let conflict and drama slip into your life. That's why it's important to surround yourself with only quality people. Random question. Who's in your corner? List the five people that are closest to you. Crabs in a barrel. Are all five of these friends or family members quality people? In other words, do these people make you better or do they hold you back? It's a really important question because all your friends and family members may not share the same mentality or way of thinking. There are some people who think, well, if I can't have it, neither can you. If they get in trouble, they're going to get you in trouble too. If they are sad, they will try to make you sad. If they don't like somebody, you can't be their friend either. We call this a crab in a barrel mentality. When a fisherman goes crabbing, all the crabs they catch are placed in a barrel. So none of the crabs can escape. Even though all of the crabs hate being in this barrel and they are all working hard to escape, the fisherman doesn't even need to put a lid on the barrel. When one crab decides they want more out of their crustacean life and starts to find her way out of the barrel, the rest of the crabs pull her back down. The crabs have the mentality of, if I can't have it, Neither can you. Let's step away from the metaphor for a minute and think about how this mentality might show up in your world. 
at your house, in your class, in your relationships. Here are a few examples of what a crab mentality looks like. Only quality people. Surround yourself with only quality people. It's too easy to talk trash. The top five people in your life should be people that want to push you to be a better version of yourself. That want you to grow and tell you about yourself when you start acting up. You become like the five people you spend your time with. Look back at the five people in your corner. Are these the five people that are supposed to be there? Be honest with yourself. Let's write down the top five quality people in your life. Did your list change? If not, good. You're surrounded by sharks and you're always moving forward. If there's a new list, I appreciate your You don't have to kick your old friends to the curb, but you can let them read this chapter or have a conversation about crabs versus sharks. Here's a secret for you. If you aren't sure where to find more quality people, find a book about your favorite person. Watch some videos on YouTube about them. Your brain doesn't know the difference between what's in your head and what's in front of your face. Sometimes the best help comes from the people you've never met. But what I'm kind of doing, I so I've reached out to everybody who inspired a chapter and basically I'm just trying to have a follow-up conversation essentially. So I, I told you, we, we hit on, your, your episode was still to this day one of my favorite episodes and I think it was um, number 12, I think, oh, number, number 10. Yes, because it was just so vulnerable and raw. So I told you I took that. I took the idea of um, of only quality people because that was the piece that really stood out to me when I was transcribing and everything. And I tried to. I made that into a language that um, middle and, and high school students would be able to understand without taking them through your entire journey. So I talk about um, you know I, the first I open up with. Um, a statement, you know, growing up isn't all about the materialistic things. It's about the people you surround yourself with and relationships you build. And then your one of your quotes or your comments with social media made it easy to let conflict, drama slip into your life. And that's why it's important to surround yourself with only quality people. And I have them list the top five people in their life before going on to describe a crab in a barrel mentality. So people that hold you back, even when you're trying to get out. And then the converse, which is a shark mindset. So sharks, if they uh, stop moving forward, they die. And they're always swimming forward. So do you have people in your life that have that growth growth mindset and helping you move forward? Or do you have people that are pulling you down? And after I explain that, I end the chapter with re-asking that question. Who are the top five quality people in your life? And seeing if that list changes. So kind of wow. in, in those in those parameters and those boundaries but obviously adding your story to it for that context um, of, of the whole story and just thinking about what does only quality people mean to you and how does that concept relate to your life um, and what would happen if, if you know for a middle school kid who's about to understand this message how, how does that change the direction of where you're going so that's that's kind of what I want to get into a little bit does that make sense yeah you know Everybody, that's probably the best time because when you're in middle school or even high school, 
you start having these ideas of things that you want to do. Yeah. Okay, things that, you know, bring you energy, things that where you can really spread your wings, so to speak, but you don't do it. Mm -hmm. And you don't mention it. Mm -hmm. Because you're afraid that people may reject the idea, they may laugh at you, and you got to remember that's very important to a middle schooler to, to be accepted. Yeah. So they don't do it. But they would be saying it to the wrong people. If they have the right, like for example, if you look at the, you ask them to write down five people. If they really focus on those five people, those five people would be happy for them. Mm -hmm. Those five people will support them and allow them to spread their wings to do whatever it is. I don't care if you're six foot four, 250 pounds and you want to be a ballerina. <laughs> the right support system would allow you to do that. Yeah. And not force you to either be quiet or do something you don't want to do. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, you know, that one thing that they really, really, really want to do, they never do it. Yeah. Because they have the wrong people around them. Absolutely. And I agree. I mean, I feel like when I thought back to middle school, I mean, that's when your mind's changing. That's when your body's changing. That's when your thoughts right. are changing. You know, you, you have friends that you used to play with last year, and y'all used to play the same game every day at recess. And this year, your friend changed, and so did you. So how do you, how do you find yourself and find the people that are still good for you? I had some students ask me the other day, like, hey, we used to be friends with this person, but it's been like seven months. We've reached out a bunch of times and aren't getting good feedback. I'm like, hey. Maybe that's not somebody that should be in your life. If you got to try that hard for them to be your friend, should they be your friend? Right. Right. Should they be in you that know, circle? I, I, right. I, another thing for me, and this is all hindsight. I wish I would have known this when, when I was that. I was real shy and I was real closed off. Mm. Um, the best thing that they could possibly do is, you know, always be just open to meeting new people. Mm. And I think that's really, really key. Even that... You know, that person that, you know, I think we all have them. It's kind of stereotypical, that one person or a few people that dress in black all the time. They're always yeah. by themselves, yeah. you know, almost like an outcast. Be open-minded to meeting people because if you don't, then you're always challenged with trying to get the people in your circle, just like the example that you just gave. I haven't spoken to this person in seven months. Mm -hmm. And they will, you know, just try to force the issue. Well, there's a reason that you haven't spoken to them in seven months. Right. Okay. W regardless of what that is, you know, don't base your whole entire circle around the one person that you used to play with at recess. Exactly. You know, because you, if you force it and force it, they may tell you something that you don't like. Yeah. Um, I, I think the biggest thing for someone that age is to understand that it's okay because just like you, your, your ideas and the things that you may want to do may change. Mm -hmm. So does someone else. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not to get so, so bogged down and say, well, how come they don't want to, how come they don't call me no more? Or how come they don't want to play with me no more? And just to say, hey, you know, be able to look at this from their eyes. Maybe they're just involved in something else. Maybe they have a tragedy in their family. You never know. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when it comes to, you know, just as you said, having the right people around you, you know, you know, times change. Maybe they moved on because you're moving on. And maybe they said, well, because I like arts and crafts, I may not want to play football anymore. Yeah. You know, and I don't know how to tell you that. Yeah. So, so what, what are some of the signs that you would say, I mean, even now or middle school, what are some of the signs that your friends have a crab in the barrel mentality? Or like it's about somebody that you, that 
it's toxic. How? What are the signs that you need to get people out? Envy mm. or jealousy. That That is the telltale sign. The people that you want to or that you sh should give that label as friend to mm -hmm. are going to be happy for you regardless of what you do because it's not about whatever it is you're doing. It's about you as a person. And there, there are some people that as long as you are just kind of sitting around, you know, they're okay with that. But when you start moving like the shark mm -hmm. towards anything that you want to do, if, if there's any type of jealousy or if they're not happy for you, there, there's a, there's a reason why maybe they want to be able to step out like you and they, they don't have the, the ambition to do it. Maybe they were afraid to do it. Mm -hmm. And, but regardless of what it is, if they're not, ha if they're not truly happy for you, for your accomplishments, and they really don't support your ideas, then that's going to take away from you. That's going to kind of drain you some. Mm -hmm. The people that you want around you, those five people are the people that are going to be uplifting you, right. your ideas, your accomplishments. And they're going to be there cheering you on, not trying to stab you in the back or talking about you to other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, and I think that's that's a that's a great point. So it's kind of just a different mindset, you know. Academically, you talk about growth versus a fixed mindset. And those fixed mindset folks are just stuck where they are. They they got to be the king of the hill because that's the way it's always been. Right. Right. To go out of that. So I think a key point to this too, in, in just understanding um, some kids' background or some people's circumstance and situation, those quality people don't have to be alive. They don't have mm -hmm. to be around you. That you don't mm -hmm. have to know them. Books, right. YouTube yes. videos. You know that the biographies. Those things are ways that I really got to know myself. I remember I read the the biography of Frederick Douglass of Malcolm X. You know I read some um, some foundational books like The Slight Edge. It's mm -hmm. Probably similar to what students will be reading this. Every decision counts. That really taught me a solid foundation of who to surround myself and what with and what kind of mindset that I had to be in to really prosper as I went forward. Right. That's a great point. You know, at the event that I was speaking at, one of the things I talked about was accountability. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was telling some funny stories how I never really took accountability as a kid, even though a lot of things were my fault because I intentionally got myself involved in other people with other people that I shouldn't have been involved with. Mm -hmm. And I carried that. That, that mentality, because I didn't physically do it, it wasn't my fault, even though I was with them. Right. Until I was, uh, I, was in a, I was in a car accident. I was, I, in t I knew the guy had been drinking and I got in a car with him anyway. Wow. And even though my, mind, my, my, my gut told me not to do it, just drive myself, he said, oh, come on, come on. You know, ain't no sense in taking two cars since we were going to the same place. So I got in a car with him and uh, he fell asleep at the wheel. Wow. And thank God I survived that. But, you know, that was my lesson right there mm -hmm. to that. First of all, I knew that that person was toxic. I knew it, but I went with him anyway. I knew better. Yeah, I knew better. And the one thing my mom used to always say was, you know, I just hope that you don't learn all of your lessons the hard way. Mm. I hope one day that you, you have to stop letting people tell you what to do. Wow before you end up in a situation that you will regret. And I remember standing there soaking wet because we went in a swamp. Mm. I remember standing there on the side and said, man, I did this to me. Wow. I did this to me, not him. I did this because I knew better, yeah. you know, because I wanted to follow that certain person versus making my own decision and doing what's, what's best for me and staying true to me. 
Mm-hmm. And that, that's that's a that lesson is so hard to make real for young people. Like you, I, your mother's a wise woman. You know, don't learn every lesson the hard way. That's the thing for me. You know, I feel like I had so many people when I was young that turned me in the right direction. Even when I I, I got suspended, I made my mistakes. You know, I did dumb stuff. Um, but I had people that tried to keep me on that same track, and I, I feel like you know. Um, I wouldn't say that's missing, but thinking of it from a classroom perspective, we're so focused on teaching standards. We're so focused on the testing and the content that's being pushed out. And you can't learn some of these lessons through content in class. Kids spend right. part of their day for the first 18 years of their life in a classroom. So they have mm-hmm. to learn these professional skills, these coping skills, conflict skills. And it's probably going to have to happen there. But when what you're teaching as an educator is so boring or hard to engage with or not connected with reality, it's hard for them to learn that lesson. Right. But this, trying to look at the other side of the report card, trying to think about the building the full child, the full student as you move mm-hmm. forward. Great. One of the things that they're going to always deal with this, you know, and, and I hate to say it, but I've always done this because it's, to me, I find them so similar. A playground or a schoolyard um, especially elementary and middle school to me is exact same as a prison yard mm. because you have the exact same intentions. You have people that are in groups and there's certain things that they have to deal with. Like you said, that has nothing to do with the classroom. Right. You know, they have to deal with that bully. They have to deal with watching someone get bullied. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's a lot of situations that they find themselves in that um, they're not taught how to deal with this at home. They're not taught how to deal with it in school because you have a curriculum that you have to follow. Whereas this other person, you know, th- this bully has already told him, I'm going to beat you up at recess. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you know, those type of things. So he's not paying attention to you. Yeah. yeah. How can I focus on two plus two when my, when my butt's about to get bruised? <laughs> right. Exactly. So I, 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 and that's why I say that, you know, just having those good people around you and being intentional about that. No, if you know that this person is not, it's not good for you, this person drains you or this person threatens you, then, you know, it's, it's time for you to kind of back off. You don't have to really tell them anything, but you just have to understand these people here. I don't remember how that nursery rhyme goes, but you know, this person or this thing is not like the others. Mm. Okay, these people make me feel happy. I love being around them. You know, we have a good time at recess. When I'm around this person or people, I feel stressed. I feel strained. So if there's anything, they have to be able to identify that, if anything. Mm -hmm. How do I feel when I'm with this person or this person's in my presence? Yeah. I don't like the way I feel. Okay, you are free to get out of that person's space Mm. and go back to where you do feel love, where you do feel comfortable, where you do feel joy. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there, I mean, that's, that's a great point right there. And that's, that's really, that's what, that's what you have to go on, especially at a young age, because you might not be able to always use your words, but you, if, if your stomach, if you start getting knots in your stomach, when you're going to play with this person, you shouldn't be there. If, Trust your gut. If you're having a conversation and you feel like you, you're doing, you, you know, that I remember being, I was the kid growing up that when I did something wrong, I walked and told my mother while I was crying what I did wrong because I knew. I, you know, <laughs> kids know. You know when you're doing something that you're not supposed to do. So you uh-huh. have a feeling that's taking you to a place where you're feeling nervous, 
anxious, my stomach hurts, you probably not with the right people. But I think on the other end, that growth mindset, and you mentioned it at the start, because I do want to hit that, the positive pieces too of only quality people. When you are surrounded with quality people, when you do have people that are in your corner, I can remember when I was, I was maybe 13, 14, I was in middle school and I asked my dad, I said, dad, did you choose all your friends because they were successful? And he looked at me like I was crazy because all of his friends are directors and CEOs and owners and stuff like that. And I don't think he got my point at the time, but I understood it later. Like, no, you didn't choose your friends because they were successful. Y'all were successful because you were friends and you surrounded yourself with those quality people and y'all have all climbed the ladder in your own respective industry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There, there's another thing that, you know, your parents probably told you this, that, you know, if, if all of you, you remember that you probably could say that, I can tell who you are by the friends that you hang around with. Yeah. And and if that's true, if you as a grown up, if you go back to middle school and just look at the different groups of people, you know, their 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 place in life right now, it's not going to be scattered all over. It's going to be kind of pretty much the same. The guys that used to beat up people or hate drugs and all this kind of bad, where are they right now? Either in prison, jail, you know, like, and the people that hung out together, you see having a lot of fun or maybe had good grades, yeah. that group is in the same thing. So if, if, if I would tell someone that's in the middle school this, I would say pay attention to that because mm -hmm. a lot of times that really doesn't change. Maybe a margin of maybe one or 2%. Yeah, But as a group, if you're with people right now that bring you joy, that make you feel safe, where you support each other, you guys, are go, whether you see each other ever again or not, those are the type of people you want to surround yourself with because they make it easy for you to become successful and to be happy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and Joel, you, you sparked something to me just now, too. I, I always say my mission is to help make it easy for people to do what they love. You know, and, and yes, I, yes. That mission is easy because it's it's specific, yet it can apply to everybody. You know, I, I right. want to make your life easier is basically that point. And that's what your friends should do. My friends, yes. my wife, my partners, my parents are making my life easier, not not stressful. I shouldn't be worried about, oh, if I do this, then they're gonna do that to me. That's not that's not positive, that's not um quality. Right. Exactly. You hit the nail right on the head. And I don't know where you grew up, how you grew up or anything like that, but I'm pretty sure I can probably say that if you took your five friends, mm -hmm. yours, I'm willing to bet you that three, three of them are not in jail. Absolutely. <laughs> five of them aren't in jail. Okay. Five of them are not in jail. Okay. There, that, that's my point. Exactly. If you look at a lot of the other crowds, people may say this was a bad crowd. They fought all the time. They were always getting suspended that you went to school and that, you know, where are they right now? Right. Right. You know, so as a, as a young person, I think the, the one thing that they have to remember is that this is their life. Right. And it's okay to say no mm -hmm. to this person. It's okay to say no to the other situation. Because at the end of the day, you're going to be responsible for whatever happens. Yeah. So make sure that, you know, and even if, if that gut is telling you no, make sure you, you have the people around you mm -hmm. that'll say, okay, that's okay to say no. I don't want to do that. Yeah. You know, and people that, as you said, people that make you feel safe. Mm -hmm. So you can say something that's from your heart and not worry about if this person is going to stop playing with me 
or they're not going to talk to me anymore because a true friend would not do that. Right. Absolutely. They would not do that. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's a pretty cool thing to see. I, I believe in staying ahead of the curve. I don't know when that mindset started coming in my head, but I started to see around middle school, around high school, other people's mistakes. And, and you start to realize that the people that start off in your class at the beginning of the year do not end up in your class at the end of the year. The, mm -hmm. You got to learn from other people's mistakes and stay ahead of that curve. Let's yep. do the best. Most people live the same year 75 times and call it a life. Exactly. The, the, problem exactly. Is, the problem is we don't realize that until we're 20, 30, or 40 years old. So if I can teach you now when you're 12 mm -hmm. or 13 that you don't have to live the same year over and over, just because right. you're born into this situation, just because that's your cousin, just because you, you live here does not mean that you got to stay in that place. Learn that lesson before you got to learn it the hard way. Yeah, exactly. You hit the nail right on head. And it's something that you snuck in that I did want to touch on. That does mean family. Yeah, absolutely. That, do, that does mean family. I had a lot of cousins when I grew up. Uh, my, my entire family is from, from Mississippi, born and raised there. Just me and my younger brother were not on my mom and dad's side. Mm -hmm. And when we would go to visit, they would do things that I wasn't comfortable with. So I remember being in a situation in the backyard where they were throwing rocks at a house and I didn't want to be there. But, you know, it's like mom said, you know, y'all go play outside one of those type things, not knowing what they were going to do. Right. And, I, and I remember that, that uneasy feeling that I had. And I remember on our way back home, I told my mom what happened and I told her how I felt. And she said, it's okay. You don't, you don't have to go play with them anymore. Mm. So she made it okay for me. She didn't make excuses for them. Right. You know, so those people that are willing to listen to you, how you really feel about certain things and make you feel good about yourself, just like you do. And remember, this is reciprocal. You do the same for them. Then those are the type of people that you want in your life. My mom made it safe for me to tell her mm -hmm. how I really felt. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I was able to distance myself from them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's, and that's, that's perfect. You know, we learn as we go and we make those mistakes, but yep. at the end of the day, those only quality people are a, a huge part of your foundation to making every, every decision count. That the people in your circle are making those decision count. Decision mm -hmm. How can you? Every decision will count. Yes, indeed. Every single one will count. Mm -hmm. You know, but they just have to be mindful of, you know, what, what do I want my outcome to be? Yep. Because every decision will come, good or bad. <laughs> and I don't think there's a better way that we could end the conversation than that. Right. Man, I really, I really, really love talking to you all the time. We got to do it more often. Um, <laughs> if there's anything else I can do to help you, hey, man, I'm on Team Gamage. <laughs> I want to be one of your good people because you are one of mine. Thank you. Likewise, sir. Likewise, sir. It's been a long journey and I'm glad, you know, we recorded this episode or the original episode in 2017, uh -huh. a couple of years ago. And, and it, the, the principle that I like to tell people, the principle is something that doesn't change. You can go back right. 1900, 200, 500 years ago. The exactly. Having only quality people, that lesson does not fade. So thank you for mm -hmm. that message. And thank you for listening to the Dash Podcast. Now, you can go to tradegamers.com and buy or pre-order your copy of Every Decision Counts, Eight Lessons I Wish They Taught Me in School for your five quality people in your life. 
five quality children in your life. And don't forget your classroom too. So we will see you next time to continue discussing every decision counts. Eight lessons I wish they taught me in school. This is The Dash.